What's up, guys? It's your boy, Johnny Bananas, and I'll be covering all the treachery, deceit, backstabbing, and murder from season two of The Traders U.S. on my podcast, Death, Taxes, and Bananas. I'll be joined all season by my fellow castmates to swap stories, provide all the behind-the-scenes antics, and sordid details from filming. So sally forth and join me for season two of The Traders every Saturday on the Ringer Reality TV podcast feed. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Welcome to the grand finale, the Super Bowl edition of the Ringer Gambling Show. The Friday edition is coming to you earlier this week, House. We are breaking everything down about the Super Bowl. We are going to get into some prop bets. We're going to share some of our favorite angles of this game. But before before we get into all that, how are you feeling, House? Is the anticipation reaching a crescendo for you for Super Bowl 58? Sharpie, I was pretty under control you know, these first couple of days of the week, I continue my research. I continue my methodical approach to this betting. And then you show up on Radio Row. You can hear it in the background. The Super Bowl insignia is right over your shoulder. And now I'm stoked. I mean, it is real. It's staring us in the face. We're about to do the Super Bowl show. It's a great matchup. And we have to get it out early. We just have to let everybody hear what we have laying down and playing down. I know you've got your, 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 how many pages did it end up being? 60 some odd pages, your report for the Super Bowl. Let's get into this thing, buddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm so jacked up now. Obviously, running around after I'm done with the report, I'm so excited to get it out to people. So let them read it because I spent eight days working on it. And as usual, I'm not trying to take the low hanging fruit. I'm not trying to just come out with, what is the most obvious handicaps here? I'm trying to look beneath the surface to try to uncover some edges that I think both of these teams could potentially have, some of the pitfalls that they might fall into that they need to avoid. And I just, I, I always find some interesting angles, but what's unique about this year, House, is that some of these angles nobody else is talking about. So that's why I'm excited to share it with all the listeners here on the Ringer Gambling Show. But once, once I get, get packed up and get out here and touch down on the soil in Las Vegas, it, it feels different. The city is at, you know, the atmosphere is electric. And uh, what more could we say? Let's dive right in. And I'll tell you, House, 
when I watch that Baltimore Ravens game, and I am wearing the Ravens purple here, I not intentionally, it. but when I watch that game, I felt like they blew an opportunity. And so when I saw the Niners win their game against the Lions, I believed I was going to be on the Niners side here. I thought they were going to be able to have success running the football. Um, this run defense of the Kansas City Chiefs was vulnerable. Baltimore blew it. I love Kyle Shanahan. San Francisco has the better players. Uh, Purdy is six, quarterback 67 on salary cap. CMC is running back 18 on salary cap. They got the depth there. And it just all these factors add up to the Niners being the better team. Um, and I knew a lot about all these teams, you know, the Chiefs and the Niners, because we've been handicapping these guys all year long. These were among the two Super Bowl favorites to get there from each conference. No real surprises or shock there. Um, and most of the people that are on Kansas City House, they're like, it's simple. Don't waste your time. Bet Patrick Mahomes is a dog. That's all you need to do. Just <laughs> bet him as a dog. It's that simple. And so... I initially thought, like, there's there's no way I'm going to join those idiots. Like, right. just bet Patrick Mahomes' dog handicap angle. Like, I I'm going to take the Niners, but I'm not going to just just sit here and just take the Niners. I got to do my due diligence. So I'm leaning 49ers. And I got to say that after digging through everything for, no lie, about 70 hours, writing nearly 70 pages of analysis, the people that like the 49ers for the same reasons that I liked them are wrong. Whoa. They are wrong. If that is why you like the San Francisco 49ers, because that you believe they have better players, because their quarterback is cheap and CMC is cheap on the cap, or because they have Kyle Shanahan, or because, boom, you should just be able to run on this Kansas City Chiefs defense, you're wrong. You, it's, it's lazy. I don't believe anyone who actually dug in deeply to this game could possibly feel better about the San Francisco 49ers winning than they did before they actually spent the time analyzing it. I mean, let's go. Let's go. We've got an angle. I think the one element to this game that I'm leery of, if I would be looking to back the Kansas City Chiefs, is the explosiveness factor of both of these teams. San Francisco throws deep down the field at the number one highest rate. They also have the number one best success, gaining 20 plus yards. They try to go deep and they succeed. Plus, they're the number one early down passing offense. They came from behind in both of their playoff games, down 17 points, down seven points. Uh, meanwhile, you look at Kansas City. They are two and four on the season when down by more than seven points at any point in the game. Their only wins were worth versus backup quarterbacks, Browning and O'Connell. This is not the team that went through the 2019 playoffs winning from behind, double, erasing double-digit deficits. This is not the team that went four and one when trailing by double digits last year. They're number 31 in passing efficiency in the second half on passes thrown longer than 10 yards. So that is the one element here that I would have more confidence in if San Francisco gets back into this game after trailing, I believe that they have a better chance to win than if Kansas City is down. And I normally wouldn't say that in prior years, but it is true, but that I haven't even heard that argument house from San Francisco backers. That's not the reason that they're backing this team. They're backing the reason this team for the reasons that I shared earlier. So I wanted to set the table with that big picture before we get into some of the specific matchups, but any thoughts or reactions? Well, I, I'm happy to hear, you know, some of what the, the research is producing because um, yes, I'm one of those folks that fits in the category of yeah, Mahomes is an underdog, so you have to talk me out of the Chiefs. That That's my starting proposition. If the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are underdogs, 
then you have to give me really compelling evidence to not back them because the overwhelming track record is success in that position. Now, this season, this particular matchup, these circumstances under which these teams are facing each other also, to me, leans Chiefs. And the reason for that um, is at least twofold. In the first place, the version of the Chiefs offense that we've seen over the last month, I think, is the best version of the Chiefs offense. They made some crucial changes in targets, in personnel on the field, in approach. And all of those things have led to a successful offense that is far better than what it was over the course of the season. The other aspect to me is a still-to-be-explained decline in the San Francisco defense. Nobody can tell me why that defense has been so bad since week 13. I'm looking for the research. I'm reading it. And they've they've gone up against a variety of different teams, different styles. Uh, you know, the Ravens offense is different from the Lions offense is different from the Green Bay offense. But the, the, the single common thread there is the Niners defense stinking against all of them. So position wise, I'm still in my my chief's neighborhood. Now, your point about the explosive uh, capacity of San Francisco has me properly tempering. You know, I'm not going super crazy chiefs wise, not taking the whole bankroll and, and just dropping it on the money line. I've got some derivatives, some exotics, some ways to play these chiefs that uh, present a kind of, of safety position for me. But let's get into this thing and, and hear from you a little bit about what your research a, a, is showing. Yeah, I mean, I like to start on the San Francisco side of the ball uh, when they have the football house. And what is this offense? It's very smart offense, like you said, and I said that they like to pass the ball. They're explosive. Um, they utilize a ton of two running back sets, the highest rate in the NFL in terms of their usage rate. Um, and the interesting part, though, about that house is that Kansas City is actually versed in that because they've played 13 teams, 13 games against the top 13 teams in usage of two running back sets. So they've gone up against a lot of the sets that the 49ers like to do. I'll start with this as it relates to the run game. Everybody seems to believe that like the, everybody I talk to, that Christian McCaffrey's just gonna run all over these guys, right? They're gonna have a ton of success uh, running the football. And I agree, that's the weak part about the Kansas City Chiefs defense is their run defense. However, however, we have to think about the manner in which Kansas City is good at stopping the run and how San Francisco likes to run the football. So San Francisco, on early down runs, they are the best rushing attack in the NFL. Number one EPA, success, yards per carry, everything, despite facing the number one highest rate of loaded boxes. We know that. They haven't played a tough schedule of run defenses, but they're still elite in what they have gone up against. Kansas City, though, they have played eight top 10 run offenses. And in those games, they have ranked number 13 in yards per carry and number 14 in EPA per attempt. This is a common theme with Kansas City in their games against elite competition. They have stepped up defensively. They sometimes might kind of lose focus against some of the easier teams that they've gone up against, but the best 
offenses, they have stepped up and they've played very well defensively in those spots against the run. Now, San Francisco uses the second highest rate of outside zone. They are the number one most efficient team when running outside zone. However, Kansas City is actually a slightly above average run defense against 21 personnel runs, which is what San Francisco primarily uses, that are outside zone. They rank number nine in yards per carry, allowing only 3.6. They rank number 13 in success rate, allowing only 33%. And they rank 14th in EPA per attempt, allowing minus 0.10. So San Francisco is going to use a lot of two back sets. They're going to come out. They're going to stick their head down and give the ball to CMC, stick it in his belly and just run the football. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be a little bit prepared for that to slow it down, not stop but slow it down. Now they stopped the Philadelphia Eagles run defense in the Super Bowl last year. The parallel there, number one run offense of the Eagles in the Super Bowl against this run defense. And what were they held to? Was it 47 yards on 19, 15 carries, I think average of 2.9 yards per carry. Um, they absolutely shut down those Eagles last year. This year, I think they're gonna slow down, not shut down CMC. That's gonna put more burden on, on Brock Purdy. Uh, I think Purdy's going to be asked to do a lot more than some people might otherwise expect. It's not to say he can't have a little bit of success, but who has he gone up against House from a pass defense perspective? San Francisco 49ers have played just four pass defenses that rank top 10. Not only are they one in three in those games, Brock Purdy has averaged 0.17 EPA per attempt negative. That's 17th in the NFL. They have poor completion rate. He's thrown five touchdowns to eight interceptions. That's the 31st TD to interception ratio. He's thrown a 6.1% interception rate. That also ranks 31st. They have struggled against elite pass defenses. Only two teams have played fewer top 10 pass defenses than the 49ers. Meanwhile, Kansas City's offense, like as comparison, they've played the third most top 10 defenses themselves. And Patrick Mahomes is great in those games. Brock Purdy is not. He struggled, and now he's going to be going up against a true top 10 pass defense of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, there's avenues for success here for the 49ers offense, for sure. Um, but to, for people that think that Christian McCaffrey is just going to run the ball down these guys' throats because KC hasn't been great in run defense this year compared to their pass defense, I think Kansas City is actually a slightly above average run defense here, House. I think that's going to show up at varying points in time. I think it might show up to the point that Kyle Shanahan looks to Debo Samuel a little bit more in a run game to get a spark here because they're not having as much success utilizing Christian McCaffrey potentially. So that that's uh, something that I want to just spend another minute on because I think everybody rightfully criticized the game plan of the Baltimore Ravens and Todd Munkin and the lack of rush uh, attempts out of um, Gus Edwards. You know, Justice Hill was on the field and got a ton of, of snaps and, and touches. But uh, Baltimore, for whatever reason, abandoned the run so uh, early for whatever reason. Do we think that San Francisco with Shanahan will you know, stick to their game plan, stick to this rush uh, attempt. They have that early down success rushing the ball. Is it their personnel 
so different that Shanahan will feel comfortable, you know, sticking with their approach? 100%. I think that's one of the most confident things I have in terms of feel for this game is that if Kyle went run heavy against the Detroit Lions and that great run defense, he's absolutely going to go run heavy in this game as well. So that is probably the thing I feel the most confident about. Great. Okay. So there, there, there's an answer that also fits, you know, some of our game script as we kind of like concoct this. And I know that you have some other matchups for us, but you're immediately starting to, to put me in the frame of mind of potentially longer drives, time-consuming drives, drives that are on the ground. We know the Chiefs, you know, from what we saw offensively out of them against Baltimore, they established a physicality. They established uh, a, 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 you know, an offensive, we're going to win in the trenches kind of approach. And I expect uh, a same kind of game plan here. Um, and if San Francisco is going to run the ball and if Coach Shanahan is going to stick to the run, then that suggests a kind of, you know, uh, approach that might affect the total. It might affect the first half total. It might affect the first quarter totals. Um, so I'm interested as, as we go all along here, I'm going to have one ear open uh, to, to try to, to play some of those angles um, as we talk through these matchups, Sharpie. Yeah, the, the the one other thing, like, I think the edges are there for the 49ers to get back in this game. I talked about the explosive passing attack. I talked about how great they are. They are going up against an elite defense here. So I think it's going to sort of temper our expectations for what they can do through the air. But if they need to, they can go that route. Um, one of my big concerns, one of the things that I think could flip this game a little bit is how frequently Spags decides to blitz. Because... It's dangerous to do that against San Francisco. Right. Uh, Purdy's stats against, think about, think about this. Brock Purdy's stats against the Blitz are almost as good as when he's kept clean and the other team doesn't even Blitz him. Like, it's insane how good they are against the Blitz. You have to be very careful. The Kansas City Chiefs Blitz at the number 12 highest rate. You just have to be very careful about how you're choosing to Blitz him. Um, so that's kind of my, my outlook on that side of the ball, on the Kansas City Chiefs defense, San Francisco 49ers offense side of the ball. Anything else that you think we need to touch on there? Any other questions that you have about that matchup before we turn the page and look at when Mahomes has the ball? The, the tendency for Kansas City to trust um, their secondary, you know, to, to, to be kind of on, on an island. Is that something, you know, is that a risk factor because of how physical the San Francisco 49ers receiving core is their ability to, um, you know, take those guys in one-on-one -on -one matchups and poten potentially win those matchups just because it's, it's a unique receiving room. There are the, the, the chiefs haven't faced a receiving room like this in terms of the, the, the size um, and, and where they like to, to play the, the, the Niners uh, on offense. Is, is that any concern from your perspective? Well, I think that there's a chance that they could get beat deep from time to time uh, because the 49ers might like to go deep down the field. And like you said, they do trust these corners. Um, so I would not be shocked if there was a time or two where there was a pass over the top or a pass 15 to 20 yards down the field where it's like yards after the catch. That's what these 49ers receivers, whether it's Debo, whether it's Kittle, love to get is the yards after the catch or even Ayuk. Like I think Ayuk's not going to be as big of a focal point in this game simply because of the matchup. But 
there's not to say that he can't catch and run with a ball. Uh, these corners might um, get a little bit too aggressive. They might get a little bit too greedy. And for those reasons, there could be the opportunity to get burned on something. So uh, that is an element and a factor to this handicap for sure. Um, could lead to some quicker points than you might expect. Uh, but I mean, look, Sp Spag's defense, they just don't put themselves in these positions right. very often. Now, right. they're not facing a 49ers Kyle Shanahan-led offense, but I would be surprised if we saw that happen more than once or twice. Hey, hey, betting buddies. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate. From FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you are like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch grabbing your favorite football snacks. In fact, the seat on the couch should be near the snacks and placing some super bets. You know, I love the Chiefs. I'm on the Chiefs money line. I have them in an alt spread. I also like some purdy props. Why can't he go out and run for 12 and a half yards at least? Why can't he throw at least one interception? Okay, maybe that's not very nice, but FanDuel is extremely nice. So many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. If you are new to FanDuel, join today and you will get $200 in bonus bets when you win your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash G-A-M-B-L-E-R-S. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash rg ten dollar first deposit required bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com the kansas city chiefs if you look at this team it is one of the things i was pretty down on the kansas city chiefs offense uh, i think a lot of people are this year they're not the same offense that they they had in the past but if you look at them in the first three quarters this year, though they're worse than they were in 2022, and they're still a top 10 offense in pretty much every metric in the first three quarters. Um, they are 5-0 and against top 10 defenses. And by my metrics, especially on early downs, the 49ers are close to being top 10, but they're not quite there. Um, I'm a little bit lower on the 49ers defense than I think some people are. Um, granted, you've seen them over the last couple of weeks hemorrhaging stats, so I think people are jumping off that bandwagon, but um, the people that are back in the Niners are like, those were a little bit more aberrations. The Niners have a top 10 defense. They've got too good of a player talent level there to be a defense that couldn't possibly be top 10. Um, the thing is, when playing top 10 pass defenses, Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes have been elite. I mentioned how Brock Purdy was not elite. Purdy ranked 28th in completion rate. Mahomes is number seven. Purdy ranked 26th in touchdown interception ratio. Purdy, uh, Kansas City is number six. Kansas City is also number six in EPA per attempt when going up against an elite pass defense. The main issue for the Chiefs against some of these defenses has been falling apart a little bit down inside of the red zone. 
not getting touchdowns when they need to. Um, but what is this offense from the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, if the Niners are a team that's a little bit unique in that they play a lot of two running back sets, the Chiefs are unique in that they play a lot of two tight end sets. They play the third most two tight end sets, so you're going to be seeing that a lot. However, they need to be using those two tight end sets to pass the ball. They need to be using their 11 personnel to run the football. Based on their stats and what they've done this year, they have a lot more success when they're running Pacheco from 11 personnel. Now, you mentioned you need somebody to tell you a little bit about why this 49ers defense has fallen off down the stretch here. And I'll be the first, if you haven't heard this from somebody else, to tell you that the loss of Hufanga in week 10, late in that game, yeah. that was a big switch that got flipped. Prior to weeks one to 10. We, we talked about it on this show. Yeah. So prior to that, they were a top 15 in EPA and top 10 in success. Since then, 31st in both EPA and success. So they have fallen off a lot without him. It affects them in the past mostly. It also affects them in the run. They've dropped from number nine to number 26 in EPA, from number eight to number 30 in success. Um, another key that I think the 49ers run defense is more vulnerable to is something that the Kansas City Chiefs can absolutely attack. And that is by running to the perimeter, running to the edges. The San Francisco 49ers interior run defense ranks number four in yards per carry, guard to guard. They rank number 14 in EPA per attempt. However, if you attack them to the edges, behind the tackles or outside the perimeter, Number 17 in yards per carry, not number four. Number 26 in EPA per attempt, not number 14. They're even worse against perimeter runs versus 11 personnel, where they rank dead last in yards per, uh, dead last in EPA per attempt and 27th in yards per carry. And Kansas City, I mean, the difference when they have been running, and they've been running about the same amount to, on, on, in the first three quarters of games, to the edges versus up the middle, it's night and day difference in terms of efficiency. When they've been run, and especially because they're gonna be without Tooney, probably. Uh, when they run up the middle, in the playoffs they're averaging three yards a carry. To the edges, 5.8. Up the middle, minus 0.42 EPA per attempt. To the edges, plus 0.12. They need to use that more. What else they need to do a little bit more of house in the passing game is, I'd say this for weeks now we've talked about, Patrick Mahomes using a little bit more play action. He should have used more against the Baltimore Ravens because they were vulnerable to that. San Francisco 49ers is the number one most sensitive defense to play action over the last two months. Um, if you don't use play action against them this past defense over the last two months, number five in EPA per attempt, number six in success, number three in yards per attempt. If you do use play action, number 28 in EPA per attempt, 24 in success, and 28 in yards per attempt. Uh, but Kansas City ranks 30th in play action usage. You know, are they going to do it? Probably not. Should they? Absolutely. <laughs> Might they do it a little bit more this game? I hope so. You know, I would hope so. Um, so that's kind of, and, and then the last little bit here about the San Francisco defense that I want to talk about is how elite they are against tight ends. You know, they're a very good defense. They've got great linebackers. And we know that Travis Kelsey is like the number one weapon. And when you think about this game, big picture, the way to have success for the Chiefs is to limit Christian McCaffrey. The way to have success for the Kansas City Chiefs defense, limit Christian McCaffrey. The way to have success for the San Francisco 49ers defense, limit Travis Kelsey. 100% limit Travis Kelsey. And if you throw the football, 
between the numbers against this 49ers defense. They rank number one in EPA per attempt, number three in success, and number two in yards per attempt. to tight end passes that go between the numbers. However, if you pass to Travis Kelsey a little bit outside of the numbers, they rank number 19 in EPA per attempt, number 22 in success, and number 11 in yards per attempt. We saw Sam Laporta go off. We saw TJ Hawkinson go off. We saw Trey McBride go off. So we've seen in the playoffs so far, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, they haven't been throwing the ball. If you look at like their heat map, during the regular season, they're throwing the ball about six to eight yards downfield, middle of the field. That's where Travis Kelsey does the majority of his work. But in the playoffs, they're vacating the middle of the field a lot more. They're passing a lot more to the edges. And I think they're already well-suited to have some success doing that against what the weakness is of the San Francisco 49ers defense. So to me, I feel like there's a number of things here to sum this up, House, that the Kansas City Chiefs sort of are naturally doing with their offense that will have even more success against this defense of the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're already running a little bit more to the perimeter. I think they're already throwing to Travis Kelsey a little bit more to the perimeter and outside of the numbers. These things are going to attack by nature the weakness of this 49ers defense. And I think whether it's on the ground or through the air in some of these manners that I think the Kansas City Chiefs offense is going to have some success here. Okay, I mean... The key comes what, what, what happens in the fourth quarter. Right. They, they, they fall off the map in the fourth quarter. They do it to themselves. They cannot afford to do that in this game. They have to stay aggressive all the way through. But those are some of the keys that I see when Mahomes has the football in his hands. So we've done the sort of two sides of the ball. And... Part of, you know, what I've been trying to to get my own arms around in sizing this thing up also is, you know, is my read on what I believe to be the coaching advantage? Is that a good read? Is my read on what I believe to be the special no teams? No pun ad- intended. <laughs> right. We're on it, baby. Andy Reed. We are on it, Andy <laughs> Reed. Yeah, that's the read. Uh, what about special teams? I feel like, you know, the Kansas City, if you go across the metrics, uh, for sure, the the more reliable kicker, for sure the kicker that I would want, you know, under a high leverage uh, uh, situation, high pressure situation in the fourth quarter. And then the team that I think adjustment-wise on defense, and that's the thing to me that that I really um, have, like, try, tried to, to, you know, get, I want to give San Francisco proper credit. But, it, it, you know, and, and in both the, the Detroit and the Green Bay game, they, they did slow down those offenses. <laughs> they slowed down those offenses enough to come back from double-digit deficits, you know, in, in, in both games. Um, but, you know, th- those are the things that, you know, the, it, as I sort of take one step back and try and uh, make sure that I'm being honest with the read here, honest with the handicap. All those things, to me, lean in the Chiefs' favor. But if you have a different read on that, a different indication, I'm I'm all ears for it. So uh, let's first talk coaching. You know, Andy has been here, done that, and won. So, and and I can't say enough about Spags. I believe that the coaching edge is slightly to the Kansas City Chiefs, even though I think Kyle Shanahan is the best play designer, pure play designer in the NFL. And I wish I would wish nothing more than 
Kyle to win a Super Bowl unless I'm unless I'm not betting on that to happen, right? Um, if you were to ask me, like I said, just over a week ago, I, I would have rather had San Francisco win this game just because I want Kyle to get one. Um, I think there's too much crap that's happened uh, to him and the way people view him. And I feel bad for him in those regards because I, I think he's brilliant. And so I want to see him have some success, but I think the edge is definitely for the Kansas City Chiefs. As it relates to special teams, same story. And think about this. One thing that we can't forget is Kansas City, that punter has been punting bricks in Kansas City. That Miami game, bricks. He goes to Buffalo, bricks. The Baltimore game is in the rain. I mean, the special teams, whether it's the kicker or the punter for the Chiefs and the weather in Kansas City, not great anyways, most of the year. So here he's got the dome. This is the highest elevation that any Super Bowl has ever been played in. Um, punts are gonna be traveling further. It's climate controlled. The wind's not going to be a factor. And this is why I bet, now we'll give a couple of bets that people can still make because I think that that's important. Um, but bets that we were strong on earlier this week that now the line has moved and you can't get. We're betting longest punt for both punters over because, and, and those lines have actually moved like two yards, I think in some cases. So, you know, it, it's taken a little bit of the edge off of it, but you were able to get at one point, uh, longest punt for the Kansas City Chiefs over 54 and a half yards. I wanna say that's up to like 56 and a half or 57 and a half potentially. Um, so I think, I think the Kansas City Chiefs, and they, they obviously have a lot more confidence in their kicker. I mean, Moody, He's, he's moody with his leg. Uh, some, some kicks are good. Some kicks are going to bang off the upright. Uh, he does have a strong leg. He, he will be able to kick from distance if they need to. Um, but I do think that from a special teams perspective, that the edge goes to the Chiefs as well. So uh, let's just do a, another 10 seconds on this kicker thing because I was looking at some of the field goal props. Um, there is a prop for the longest field goal on FanDuel right now. It's at 47 and a half. It sounds like you're okay with an over there. You have to pay a little juice, but it's not um, diabolical. It's still like in the minus 115, minus 116 range uh, for over 47 and a half as long as field goal. You, you back that notion? I do. So let's talk about it. Where are you finding this? Because I think it's important when we talk about these that we direct people because there's a lot of different menus at FanDuel. So... Great point. Where is this on the FanDuel? Great menu? point. I'm gonna go right. I'm gonna go to it right this second. I start off. It's not the, under kicker props. So if you go to the game right. and what's popular, then you go over to kicker props. It's not there. So it could be under. Uh, before you click into the game, there's props that are listed at the top, and I do see a kicking punting prop. So. Distance of longest successful field goal is where it is. So you go to the main menu, don't click into the game first and go to kicking punting and it's minus 118 over 47 and a half distance of longest successful field goal. I would give that a check. I would approve that. We give, we give it a, and what about, there's one right below that for longest field goal, 55 or more yards and that's a nice plus odds uh prop now a lot, a lot of that is circumstantial but but would you 
Do you in endorse that one? What's that one showing price-wise? Um, yeah, I see plus 400 on that. I'm not so sure on that one. Okay, um, okay, okay. I'll, we'll, we'll calm it down. Yeah, that could be getting a little bit too greedy. Um, I would I would just go with the over 47 and a half and, and, and move on. Well, let's talk about... Um, you know, since we're down this this path of some of these props, we, we will do, I want your thoughts. I'm invested in both sides uh, and totals, and I have some ways that I'm wanting to play them. But uh, we, we touched on a handful of props on this show uh, when we were together a week ago. Um, how about now? How is your, your thinking kind of uh, morphed based on the research, based on the report? You know, because some of the things based on what you've described, I, I already had an eye on like um, McCaffrey rushing attempts over 18 and a half. You know, that that kind of game script notion, that way for San Francisco to control the ball. What you've described about the the, the idea that Shanahan will remain committed to the run, um, that, that those kind of props. Uh, I'm looking at Purdy rushing props uh, also. You know, the, the idea that that, you know, those scrambles that were, um, used to great advantage, especially in that Detroit game. He had three scrambles of at least 10 yards. You know, is, is that something design-wise that that they could take advantage of that secondary for the Chiefs being, you know, out with guys running down the field and there, there's lanes that open up for, for Purdy. So um, some of the, the those kinds of, of uh, rushing props. Let's, let's hear a little bit about what your report is suggesting and see if those are good angles um, for us to pursue. Well, I, I mentioned I don't know that this is where I have the I have the potential to be quite wrong on this. It is just one game. You gotta bet realizing it's one game, right? So let's pretend you're a better who normally bets, I don't know, five hundred bucks on a game and you bet a few different things. Maybe it's like a Monday night game and you're and you're chasing a little bit um, and you bet like six six, seven hundred bucks. Let's, let's just throw it out there. You know, don't don't bet like two grand on the Super Bowl just because it's the Super Bowl, right? Like spread out what you're betting, bet a little bit smaller, bet a little bit more things so that you can have a little bit more fun with it potentially. But don't like put yourself in a position where, you know, you're, you're going to get killed because a lot of the way, like the way that I'm envisioning the game going, if I'm right, which I've got a, I've got a little bit of a contrarian approach to this naturally house. Like, you know, a lot of people are viewing this game differently than I am. So we sometimes we're coming to a similar conclusion, but my view of the game is much different. The way that I'm betting props aligns with my view of the game. And so like, I am looking a little bit at some Debo Samuel rushing yards over more so than I am with Christian McCaffrey props. And part of that reason is because I think there's a chance that they might need a little bit of a spark in the run game because Christian McCaffrey is, the, the, the Chiefs are going to put a little bit extra involvement into the box and they're going to look to limit McCaffrey. And I think that they, against 21 personnel, outside zone runs, may have a little bit of success in doing that. Well, let, let me... Uh, pick your brain then if you're in that direction with Debo you know he's sitting in the MVP market at 20 to 1 and he represents you know he's a unicorn in terms of his ability to pass catch a touchdown or to rush for a touchdown and the yards after catch aspect of it right he only needs a three yarder or a four yarder from the line of scrimmage and then he could be could be gone but if we get a, a rushing touchdown out of Debo and a and a pass catch a reception uh, for a touchdown out of Debo, and Debo ends up with you know 
180 um, combined yards rushing and 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 receiving. Um, maybe that that's that's high, but you know, uh, what about the idea of Debo as a potential MVP candidate at that 20 to one price? Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of betting Super Bowl MVP markets just because they so often just go to the winning quarterback, and yeah. it it's it's a lot of fun to talk about. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of like the same old hat. Um, I would like to see the odds um, for Debo. I would like to see him utilize as much. I am a little bit lower on Ayuk, so I do think Debo might have some more success through the air as well. So air and ground. But it's ultimately going to come down to what most MVP markets will come down to is, does the guy punch in a touchdown? You know, because if Debo's not scoring a touchdown, it's going to be very difficult for him to win the MVP. He's got to come up with a touchdown, and they've got so many weapons down there at the end zone. They love giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey close to the goal line. Again, I talked about last week, it's like it's written into Kyle's contract that he's got to give CMC the goal line touches. He's got to get CMC at least one touchdown every game. So, like, you could bank on almost CMC having one touchdown in this game. How many touchdowns are the 49ers even projected to score? If one goes to CMC, you know, then like, yeah, maybe Debo has a rushing one or Debo has a receiving one, but you're going to need a Debo touchdown. So whatever you're doing, if you are in the, hey, I'm going to take a couple of long shot Super Bowl MVP bets, one is going to be Debo. I would also be looking to bet Debo to just score a touchdown. And maybe you take Debo to score the first touchdown of the game, Debo to score the last touchdown of the game. Some, some of those markets as well that are longer shot bets um, where you could win even if he doesn't win MVP, but you know that if he does win MVP, most likely he's winning one of those as well. So to that point, Sharpie, uh, Debo, anytime touchdown is plus money, plus 140. First touchdown, uh, nine to one. Two touchdowns or more, eleven to one. That's not enough juice for a, for two touchdowns. But you know, um, anytime touchdown, maybe that that's a, a way, a, a positive way to get in on some of the the do action. If we think that your uh, notion of his usage, increased usage, this is a pathway for San Francisco to keep the Chiefs' defense on its heels. Um, I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I do. I do not like any two touchdown. <laughs> for him, that's is terrible odds. I'd be looking go go anytime, go first and last. Okay, you know, the first and last are always, or go first team touchdown, last team touchdown. Like there's a variety of ways that you can play Debo uh, in the touchdown market that are far better than him to score two plus touchdowns um, that are a lot more realistic. Yes, 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 yes. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let, let me bounce some some bets. Let's get into the, the, the nitty gritty. You are literally in Vegas. You could walk over to a window right now with these. If I sent you some money and said, please put this down for me, unless you, you took it and said, house, I, I can't in good conscience indulge this. So one, I want to bounce off of you. I think it's been kind of a theme of what we're talking about here. I'm really looking hard at the 49ers team total under 24 and a half points. Now, uh, it's available on FanDuel, minus 115. We know the Diners offense finished the regular season with the most points per drive in, in the league, but the Chiefs defense was was third at that, and they just held two uh, offenses in the top five, you know, to seven and 10 points. Only one team this entire season, Sharpie, has gone over 24 points against the Kansas City Chiefs. And if we're worried about Purdy and we're, uh, in terms of the moment, if you're worried about Jake Moody, is he going to you know bounce one off the upright? You mentioned it. 24 and a half is a, is a lot of points, um, even with all the talent of San Francisco. Do you like it or do you want me to tap the brakes? I don't dislike it. I'll put it that way. It's not a bet on my list that I'm probably making, but I that's w- the way I would lean if I was forced to. Okay, well, let, let's hear one that you have kind of sized up. You mentioned the punting props uh, that you got on, uh, that moved the markets on. Um, give us another thing to consider. So we talked about Debo rushing yards. I also think Kyle Juszczyk. So I'm, I'm looking at the kind of um, the angles where the standard game plan for Kyle Shanahan may not have a ton of success. That's one of my uh, tenets of this game. I believe that Kyle may have to work around some of his things, not use his primary pitch all game long. And as a result, you can bet Kyle Juszczyk longest reception over two and a half yards. And it seems weird, like, but basically there's different ways to bet Kyle Shanahan, sorry, to, to bet Kyle Juszczyk. You could bet him to have a catch. But if he has a catch, it's unlikely to be less than two and a half yards. So I don't want to lay the juice on that. I would have simply rather just bet Kyle Juszczyk longest reception over two and a half yards. It's basically minus 110 or minus 115 on both sides. I, I like the over there. I think they are. Last week, I know some guys are down on Kyle uh, Juszczyk because they saw him catch a few balls last week in desperation mode because the Niners were down 17 points and they had to utilize him. I don't think that's going to be the situation here. That being said, I do think that there is going to be one or two plays that they design. If Brandon Ayuk is getting limited, 
by Snead, if Christian McCaffrey is not having boatloads of success on the ground, like everybody, their mom and dad seem to believe that he will, that you then need to figure out like a, a, a change up, an off-speed pitch, something to do differently. And that could be a, a little screen pass or a trick play to Kyle Juszczyk. So I like him over two and a half longest reception or total yards. All the books have it at different, different betting opportunities. Uh, I don't want to bet unless you're forced for him to have a reception because that was at like minus 150. I'd rather you bet his total receiving yards or his longest reception. Those are my preferences there. Okay. Uh, one of the things I hear a lot of folks talking about um, is the uh, interception prop. And, and we're looking at it for both Mahomes and, and Purdy. Mahomes to not throw an interception is minus 105. Yes is 115. And Purdy is uh, very similar. Minus 115. Yes, minus 105. No, my inclination would be Purdy, yes, to throw an interception, and Mahomes, no, not to throw an interception. Um, any reaction to those plays? Don't disagree. I'm on the Purdy, yes, he will throw an interception bandwagon. Um, I just think that he's got a five touchdown to ten to five touchdown to eight interception ratio against top 10 pass defenses. This is a top 10 pass defense. I think Spags is going to trick him. I also don't see the 49ers jumping out to a massive lead so Purdy doesn't have to throw the ball at all. I think he is going to need to be passing the football here um, and going to be throwing into some, some tight coverage at times. And there's also an element where does he force something? Do they get nervous like they need to play? Do they try to press at all? Uh, this is where I think Spags just just owns quarterbacks from time to time. And uh, I, I think for him, Purdy to throw an interception is something I'm on for this game. All right. Well, he, here's my favorite bet for the game. I have two favorite bets. My first favorite bet is Kansas City in an all-spread capacity. Kansas City minus two and a half. It's plus 128 uh, on FanDuel right now. That's, that's, you know, uh, 1B of my favorite bet, but my absolute favorite bet is, is a tease. It's teasing Kansas City from two and a half points. They're getting the two and a half up to eight and a half, and it's teasing the total as the other leg because there's no other legs to, to tease. So I have to tease the total, and I haven't really, I, have a, I would prefer to tease over 41 and a half as opposed to teasing um, under 53 and a half. But I have to be honest, I'm kind of um, inclined to do both. That is to play two teasers, Kansas City uh, and the and over 41 and a half and Kansas City and under 53 and a half. Uh, I'm sure that that is extraordinarily, um, you know, math challenged, but I'm just telling you that gives you a way of winning Two bets inside of, a, of an 11-point band. If Kansas City stays within eight and a half and the total finishes between 43 and 52, those are two winning tickets. Um, I'll let you try and talk me out of it. Well, so I think Kansas City leg of the teaser obviously is the best, which is why you're hitting it twice. Um, I'll just tell you this. I wrote this in my report one of on one of uh, page five of 67. Since 2007, when the line on a playoff game is less than seven, if no team has a turnover advantage of two or more in a game, 
A team that wins the early down battle is not just 75% ATS, they are 56, four and one in use, when used in a seven point teaser. Okay. Now, I know you're talking about a six point teaser here, but that's a 93% hit rate. For teasers, you have to hit at a 74% rate. I wanna say it's like 72 point something or, or close to 74%. Each of your teaser legs has to hit in order to clear the juice. Now it depends on how much juice you're laying. Obviously, if you're laying a little bit more juice, then you have to win at a slightly higher rate for each of the legs. Certainly, I've shared that the early down offense of both of these teams is great. The 49ers is better. The Chiefs still though top 10, but the defense of the Chiefs early down defense is much better than the San Francisco 49ers early down defense. And if you think that the Chiefs have a chance to win that early down battle, them in a teaser like is definitely a smart bet. Now, based on your decision to go both legs of the, t of the total, you have to believe that the total is dead on accurate, right? You have to believe that 47 and a half is quite accurate. And I guess the one thing that's working in your favor is that the market hasn't really moved a whole lot. And so as a result, like there's not people out there that think this game should be 42 points, 44 points, and they're hammering the under. Uh, nobody's really been doing that. Nobody's really been hammering the over either. So I guess from that respect, that's the one best thing I could say about you teasing the total. Um, the only caveat I would say about the total is I don't like the 41 and a half. I would really look at trying to lay an extra half a point on a teaser leg so that you can get no worse than 41 because 41 is such a key number that totals land on from time to time that you need to get a 41, don't lay 41 and a half. Oh, so the angle there is you play, if I'm going to play that side of it, play it as a seven point tease, right? I, I can pay the extra juice to then get the Chiefs up to, to nine and a half or if the market moves early Sunday morning, the Swifties all come in. Uh, I might need the seven point tease to get up to the eight or the eight and a half still. Um, but that certainly gets me on the correct side if the if the total stays at this 47 and a half. And it's been rock solid at 47 and a half. It hasn't moved one bit. It, it, it wakes up every morning. It doesn't need Viagra. It is crushing it. Very rock solid right there every single morning. It's 47 and a half is a solid number. So, okay. Uh, that that gives me something to, to chew on. I understand, you know, paying the extra juice really messes up the, ma the math on it. But um, I... I you didn't really say anything that, that makes me want to do uh, a different kind of bet. I love the the tease with Kansas City. So I love the advice on trying to get to the 41. Um, and and I think that's what I'm going to do, Sharpie. I don't, I don't hate it at all. Um, uh, I think that there is value to be had in that leg uh, going over that number. So I don't hate it. I think there we gave a number of props that I like. Again, I wish I could tell you to get some of these punt props and you, uh, they were at numbers that you could still get. Um, but there just does not have enough value at this moment. Um, I would look a little bit, there's maybe a, an addition, additional one in, in addition to the Kyle Juszczyk one that we shared, an additional Brock Purdy thrown interception, in addition to Debo Samuel rushing yards over. Um, Harrison Bucker, over one and a half field goals. You know, Andy Reid sometimes does settle for a little bit too many field goals. Their offense isn't quite elite. They've struggled often in the red zone. And 
there may be some opportunities for Bucker, especially with the strong leg, to hit one from distance and then hit one on a red zone failure. So I think Bucker maybe goes ahead and hits two field goals here. So that's another possibility. But I think we've given the people a ton to think about both in terms of how they should bet their own bets, you know, fish for their own food after we taught them how to fish, as well as just gave them some of the some of those good fishes that we found that we really like. I hope so. I mean, I, I'm sitting here. I'm starving. I know you're in Vegas. You can go to any buffet on the Strip or any one of the, you know, 50 greatest restaurants in the world because every great restaurateur has opened up something delightful in Vegas, please tell me you're not just going to go to your hotel room and eat Chick-fil-A like you did, you know, uh, 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 last year. You got to get out and get some of that great food this year, Sharpie. A hundred percent. That was my Arizona move was uh, ordering the gallon of iced tea from Chick-fil-A and, and getting the nuggets just Uber Eats to me every single night uh, while I worked and did stuff. Here, totally different. Last night, I already hit up the Wind Buffet with some friends. Yes. Uh, was treated to that. I guess we were comped for that. Uh, more food than you can imagine there and all of it was just impeccable. Like, yeah, I made sure not to go back as many times as the other guys did. <laughs> the other guys were a little bit larger than me in the first place anyways. All right. So they, they gave me the criticism that I wasn't giving them the money's worth. But hey, when you're getting the stuff comped anyways, you just eat what you want to feel good. It was delicious. There'll be plenty more good food through the rest of the week while I'm here. I can promise you that. Of course, and we're putting this pot up nice and early so that everybody has plenty uh, to chew on through the balance of the week and into the weekend. Grab some of these good numbers that are sitting there now. Uh, by Sunday morning, you know, things might change a little bit, but man, what a, what a buffet you have in front of you. I'm very jealous, um, but man, I'm, I'm excited for this week, my friend. Hell yeah. Next year, you got to come down to New Orleans, maybe. The Super Bowl is down there next year. And uh, you can show me some some restaurants. I know you're a restaurateur, uh, so that'll be fun. But everybody, it's been a great season. We're obviously going to recap next week. We're going to dig into what we saw happen for this game and some of our reactions to it and some of the early bets we might want to make for the 2024 season. But that'll do it for this edition of the Ringer Gambling Show. Thank you guys for listening. We'll return next week. As I mentioned, thanks to Joe House for joining me and to Chris Sutton and Steve Cerruti for producing this episode. Good luck with all your bets. Let's have a great Super Bowl, guys. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Well, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800- 522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 
Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 